You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome one and all to episode 233 of the Pimcron Warhammer podcast, and today we're brought to you by GameMat.eu for pre-painted terrain and STL files and neoprene mats, and also Panhandle3D.com for primarily 3D printed terrain, but also custom drinkware, custom dice trays, all sorts of stuff, custom combat gauges. Go check them out. It's event 10 for GameMat.eu, and it's podcast 10 for Panhandle3D.com. Today we are discussing a real talk with the Pimpcron where I just get silly and I compare 40k to dating and there's a ton of puns and I'm quite pleased with it. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. Then we also have a Tesseract mailbox where Eric, a longtime listener, um, takes me to task. What like is like, this is what you guys do now? Is it you just tear me a new one? Is it I got three poop holes now, three. Anyway, he, he's just saying that I'm way off base with my comments on 15 millimeter and below. So we find out what he's got to say. Also, we're discussing the new heavy space marine people with the triple barrel belt fed missile launcher. Oh, God, just just listen to that segment. I don't want to talk about it. Anymore. I just it's too painful. I don't want to talk about it. What have I been up to? Well, Brutal Space, Brutal Space, Brutal Space. Been trying to finish Brutal Space. And um, what's holding me up, I don't know if I mentioned this before or not, but it's um, the standard quality print versus the premium. The premium can print literally whatever I tell them to print, and it comes out beautiful. Standard print paper and possibly the ink is a little different. The paper absorbs the ink differently. So I've had to make changes, order a copy, wait for it to come in, see how it came out, and then make more changes and tweak colors and brightness and all sorts of stuff. I had to change some of the backgrounds and other things. This has been a huge learning uh, process for me because it's trial and error, number one. There's no rule book. Nobody can help me how to do this, you know, nothing like that. So it's really learning hands-on. And I've ordered probably eight to 10, maybe 12 copies of this book at this point. Um, just, you know, making tweaks and trying to make it look as pretty as possible. The standard uh, print looks totally fine. I mean, it's, it's a good-looking book still, but the premium is like, wow, it's very eye-popping. Um, and the standard's what's going to be in stores, because that's the only way I can afford to get it into stores. But um, anyway, so this has been really interesting. I will definitely know what I'm doing in the future with standard print. It's just that I had to learn this time. So I have placed what is hopefully my last order for these books, just to make sure they come out the way I want them to. And then they'll be uh, up for sale for stores and for people. Very, very excited. What have I been up to? Well, this week at the club, I went to the club and I did not get any games in. Yeah, I, I walked in and I had my Brutality, I had Age of Sigmar, I had 40k, I brought, I brought everything, I even brought magic cards. I was just like, hey, can someone play me in, you know, in any game? Just, I'm looking for friendship and companionship. And they were all like, nerd, and they threw their milkshake at me. And I was like, really? Is this how it is? And I ran off crying. I met this nice man at the park, and he tried to get me in his van. Um, luckily, I was like, dude, I'm not getting in your van. And then I, I fled, and then I ran right into the arms of another nice man, and, and he convinced me to get into his car. And <laughs> anyway, so that took that went on for too long. I understand. The, the timing on that, the pacing was just too long. The point is, I went to the club. I did not get a game. And the reason why is that our gaming store is closing. 
Yeah, that's right. I haven't mentioned it so far, but we've known for the last month, and it's very, very sad. This is game store number five for my club, and um, they they are closing. Uh, really, it's a combination of a couple things. Um, COVID hit them very hard, like I'm sure it's hit many friendly local gaming stores. And then, you know, gaming is kind of like a um, a habit. You know, you've got your friendships, you keep in contact. You hang out every single week and you play and you, you get in that habit and that routine. Well, with COVID where we couldn't meet for months on end and then um, people get out of that rhythm or they start getting used to just playing magic at home or, or doing whatever they're doing. Then when you finally open your doors and you're like, oh, you can come back. A lot of people just don't come back or they may have found some other store they like or, or whatever. You know, maybe they got out of the, the game of Warhammer or magic or whatever altogether because they haven't played it in so long, whatever. So um, we have seen a, a, a pretty decent decline ever since COVID of um, once the stores open back up and we could come back and all that. Um, it's just not the same number of people as it used to be. And one of the things that probably doesn't help that is that for the last year and a half, there's a new game store that's about 10 miles away from it. And these are the only two game stores within an hour's drive of, of my area. And uh, so this really, this was the only game store in town for a long time. And now finally we have another one an hour and a half, I mean, uh, 10 minutes away. So um, I think that probably also, I'm sure some magic people started going to the new shiny store, you know, it's new and, and whatever. Um, so they, uh, we are now going to be going to the new store as well. So it's a nice store. It's clean. I don't know the owners or anything like that, but the manager I spoke to, he was nice enough. I really don't have any information on this new store, but we're excited. Um, hopefully everything works out well, but we are going to miss our buddy JD, uh, the store owner, and uh, he's going to be going on to greener pastures and go get some other job. And it's, um, it's really disappointing because this has been our favorite store out of five and by far our favorite game store owner out of five. The first one was an absolute asshole. The second one was a crackhead. The third one was okay, but he started getting into the tarot cards and it got kind of weird. And he, then he was like telling him the, the tarot cards, whatever. It's just, it's a long story. We covered it like three years ago on one of the podcasts, why he went out of business. And uh, so anyway, this was our favorite, this fourth store. I might have called it a minute ago. I might have called it our fifth store. It's actually our fourth store. The new one is our fifth store. And uh, it's just, it's sad. But that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. I am just thankful that there is another store open. There is another store to go to because then that would be a whole nother issue if there was no store within an hour for us to go to. We'd have to play at a library or play at my house or you know maybe take turns playing at different people's houses. It would be a little bit of a mess. So I'm glad we have this new store. And hopefully this new store hangs around. Um, it's a satellite branch of a bigger uh, successful, obviously success successful store. And they've got either one, two, or three, something like that, satellite branches. So this one has some of the buying power of its mother branch, you know, because it's a, it's a bigger store and it's successful. So hopefully this one hangs around too, because the other store is too far. It's a hour, hour and a half away from me. So I'm just not going to play at that one. So here's to hoping that everything works out with the new store. Uh, what else have I been up to? Well, we had a battle dome. We've not had a battle dome in quite some time where people come over and play at my house. Uh, we used to do it once a month years ago prior to COVID. 
and uh, we just never got back into it. So we did actually have one um, this weekend, and uh, my friends uh, David and TJ and Andrew and James and Matt all came over, and uh, Matt and I played three games of Brutality, TJ played Andrew and Age of Sigmar, David played James and Age of Sigmar, and uh, the Brutality games, the first one I beat uh, Matt, I beat him, I think, eight to five. So it was a decent victory, but nothing like crushing. The second game, <laughs> I rolled so bad. I mean, if you know anything about brutality, a one or a ten when you roll to, to uh, capture an objective, bad. Ten, something happens to the whole board that's bad. And one, something bad happens to the person activating the objective. So I'll just tell you that my first three objectives that I rolled for was a ten, a ten, and a 10. And then later on, I rolled a one. So right there is four points I didn't get. The first 10 caused a building to collapse on one of my guys and just removed him from the board because a building fell on him. The second one caused me to be attacked by a giant monster that wandered onto the board. And that uh, luckily did not kill me. And then the third one actually helped me slightly because the monster was running through a mine set by Matt and it blew up and, and killed the monster. So he got two victory points for that, but at least I didn't have a monster in my backfield anymore. So we, we were both happy with that, that outcome. And then the third game, we played Red Camp Rush, which is a basically a football-style brutality. And we tied 0-0, zero to zero, which if we had one more round, then I would have won. But that we, we tied 0-0. Zero to zero. And uh, that was not... That was not an easy game at all. My team dominated the whole time, and we got several balls in his uh, his deployment zone, which is the goal, but none of them were manned by people because they got knocked out of the hands of those people, and I would have needed another turn for those people to pick up the balls, and then they would have scored, but alas, it was 0-0. Zero to zero. So I won the first one. He won the second one. Oh, the second one was, oh man, he beat me 14-4. to four. I mean, it was just awful it was terrible everything went went wrong for my team um i mean actually if we were laughing so hard about it i say it was awful what's funny is when i get crushed in warhammer it's not a fun time it's just not because you're like oh god this is a three-hour game right brutality is like a half-hour game because me and matt know what we're doing so you're like oh i'm getting crushed haha <laughs> this is so random and funny and then you just move on to the next game so it was still a blast. We were laughing so hard. When I rolled that third 10 in a row, it's like, what the heck? So it was crazy. Anyway, I've blabbered on long enough. Let's get on with the rest of the show. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Well, in this edition of the Tesseract mailbox, we have a letter from Eric, and he writes... That really grinds my gears as the subject, so you know it's going to be a good one. Dear Mr. Pimkron, if that is your real name, your latest ob observations about war game scales is completely wrong. Games in 15mm, 10mm, and 6mm scales all have their proper place and should be used according with what you're trying to replicate. For a skirmish level and platoons you want to play for a 25mm plus in size, for company and battalions, 15mm. For division and army, 10mm and 6mm. 
It's a matter of table size, ground scale, and space to maneuver. Plus, it looks better and makes more game sense. Smaller is generally better for gameplay. It's kind of stupid for most 28mm 40k vehicles weapons to only shoot about four vehicle lengths. Yeah. Okay, you got you got me on that one. You got a point there. I would guess your bias is based on aesthetics, which you're wrong about that as well. <laughs> Go look at 10mm Warmaster armies. Besides, you don't even practice this. Are your brutal space vehicles 28mm? No, probably 1 1200th, because it's a fleet game. By the way, Warmaster and Epic 40k are fantastic games, way better than current 40k concoctions. They are making a fan-based comeback with all the 30, 3D printing. P.S. Can't wait to try Brutal Space in one twelve hundredth scale. Eric, the old historical grognard. Okay, so you do have a point, Eric. I'm not trying to say that those scales are completely uh, not usable. They're not. They're not popular because God knows they are popular with the historical crowds. I'm just saying for the general gamer, the average gamer. I guarantee you there's way more people that play in 28mm to 32mm scale than there are that play historical scales of smaller. I could be wrong, but that's just my experience. I feel like if you look at just sales figures, um, Games Workshop at the 28mm to 32mm scale sells a million more than any of your small-time 15mm companies. Now, I could be wrong, but you know I'm not. And, okay, I'll also have to admit that, yes, Brutal Space is generally um, probably the scale that you mentioned. I don't know. It's it's small. <laughs> like, what, what do I say? It's 1 1200th is what you said it is, and I'm fine with that. Um, I don't know what the actual scale is. It's basically the uh, Star Wars Armada scale, where the large ships are small. And um, it's also the uh, Star Trek Armada or whatever, attack wing. Attack wing size is what the scale is. Although, admittedly, having said that, um, the scale is whatever you make it, because really it's the terrain that sets the scale of the models. So uh, you really could make it whatever you want. And you do make a good point that the range of a lot of the things in 40K are just way too short to be any sort of realistic. And I, I do completely agree with that. Um, I don't really know what to tell you. I mean, so I'm guessing like your 15 millimeter units that you play with, they might still have a 24 inch range, but they only move, you know, three inches when they move or something like that. I mean, maybe that is the case. Um, that would be very interesting. That would be a very different dynamic as far as ranged versus melee and stuff like that. That would be a very, very different dynamic. And I have heard good things about Epic 40K and Warmaster. I, I've seen pictures of the stuff and I do know, I don't know where they get them because I'm sure it's like a hidden secret. Um, but I have seen many people, I'm part of some of the Facebook groups for Epic and, uh, well, it's just Epic and, uh, Battlefleet Gothic and they post new stuff all the time. I mean, they've got basically for Epic, they've got all the new models that current 40 K has. They've, they've 3d printed them and all that, which is pretty cool. Um, so I was curious if, uh, if Eric has this much to say about Warhammer, I was like, Hey, Eric, you know, we talk back and forth in the email a little bit and I'm like, Hey, why don't you give us some background? Like, what are you doing? What are you playing now? Have you given up on Warhammer altogether? Whatever. And he wrote, long time listener, love the cast. I don't play 40k since 8th. <laughs> don't blame you there, Eric. And never played Sigmar. Oh my god, what? I like the funny words you say when talking about these. What? Sigmar is actually a pretty darn good game, Eric. You gotta try it. It's actually... I like it way more than 40k at the moment. It's simpler. Um... 
I just like it. I mean, once you get past the fact that everybody wounds things the same percentage of the time, like they have the same, but the way they do that, since there's no toughness, is that things have a lot more hit points, and that's their toughness. So if something's normally a higher toughness, it'll instead just have, you know, three times the hit points or something. And it does work out. It works out really well. And that mechanical system is way easier to balance than the situational system of 40k. And then he goes on to say that he really did enjoy the War Games Illustrated review, which I'm happy to hear because I got like no feedback, positive or negative on that. Nobody said a word about it. Um, so the, the views were fine on it or the listens, I should say. But uh, nobody has said a word. So I'm happy that um, you at least enjoyed it. And I should have a White Dwarf review coming up soon as well. And I think you guys might be surprised at what I say about that. But that's not in this episode, obviously. We were talking back and forth a little farther, and Eric says that my first miniature game was Rogue Trader in 1988. Even then, the players were toxic, and they drove me into the historical gaming crowd. So I have the metric tons. Now he says, I have metric tons of historical miniatures. I ran Flames of War tournaments for years until they tanked the community with a massive rules additions change. Um... The last couple of years, I've been playing Lord of the Rings strategy battle game, which is a fantastic rule set and a community. I keep wondering when GW will ruin. <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about Lord of the Rings and I'm so tempted to try it, but I already have so many different armies of stuff. I just don't foresee myself getting into it. And also nobody in my area plays. So that's another issue. Um, actually going to play Epic 40k this evening, which is why I'm looking forward to Brutal Space. Some of the group dislike Battlefleet Gothic. So the answer is once, sometimes twice a week is how often he plays. So that's good to hear because I was curious. I asked him, like, have you given up Wargaming completely or like what is the situation if you don't play Warhammer anymore? And um, shockingly, I would like to know how many of you in the demographic actually are kind of like in my boat. Um, where they're not like not a big fan of what GW's currently doing with 40k, or maybe people like Eric that have quit playing Warhammer 40k altogether, but they still listen to the podcast, which is kind of weird to me that like a, it's a Warhammer podcast, but you don't play Warhammer anymore. But hey, I'm happy to have everyone here. It's just an interesting demographic, and it really, um, I don't know, it intrigues me that people would listen to something like that, despite not playing that game anymore. Anyway, thank you, Eric, for writing in. You guys can re write in at pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron or Instagram with only one P on the pimpcron. I will see you on the other side of this music. Want that or want that not? All right, well, it's the want that or want that not. And I guess we're going to have to, I guess we're going to have to finally talk about these stupid looking marines whoops cats out of the bag i don't like these at all what are they called desolation marines all right these desolation marines that are coming in the new uh strike force or whatever i'm not a fan of them i'm not a fan it looks like i had a, a friend one time that used to make terrible terrible kit bashes i mean stuff that really shouldn't be on top of each other would be glued on top of each other he used copious amounts of glue and he had no real sense of, like, the weight of something. You know, he would put a giant bazooka on a grot or or whatever. Like, whatever the situation was. It never looked realistic. And to be honest with you, I think they may have hired him for these Desolation Marines. I mean, they just look so stupid. They look very, very stupid. Um, these are the ones that are 
like belt fed missile launchers, <laughs> which is like what? Uh, belt fed missile launchers. And then they've got like a rapid fire Gatling little rocket launcher on the bottom. And then on top, they've got two larger missile launchers, like those barrels on top of the center barrel. And I'm, I'm just like, some executive at Games Workshop, their kid went to the office and kit bashed this. And I feel like the, the real story behind the Desolation Marines is their kid came in. They have their kid only on weekends, right? Dad's working late. He's obviously divorced from the mom, right? It was a really messy divorce. And the kid comes in and the dad doesn't want to be bothered with him. And he's like, oh, just to, you know, here, here, have a, a, a Havoc squad or have a um, Devastator squad. You know, just, just play with these bits. So the kid, while the dad is working or probably talking to his new girlfriend, the, the kid is assembling these and he glues them all together. And he's like, isn't what I made great, dad? When he's done. And the guy's like, yeah, 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 it's great. And he's like, dad, you're not paying attention. Isn't this great? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's great, beautiful. And he's like, oh, well, my new dad, Jeff. And the guy's like, whoa, what? You've got a new dad, Jeff? Is your mom seeing someone? And he's like, oh, yeah, Jeff's really great. He says all my kid bashes are fantastic. And he goes, oh, does he? Okay, well, you know who thinks your kit bashes are really good? It's your dad. Your real dad. Me. CEO of Games Workshop. Well, I'm just, I'm just making this up. But the, <laughs> the point is, is that this is awful. I'm sorry. I'm not one to really hate on models. Everybody likes different models. They just look dumb. They look way too heavy to be holding. It's got a belt-fed rocket launcher for crying out loud. I get it that the missiles are small. I get it. But, but that that's not how any of this works. It just isn't. So I am not feeling this at all. I don't like them. I don't even know what their price point is. I just, I just think they look very stupid. And it absolutely is a want that not for me. From the moment I saw them. You know, a lot of people didn't like the Nemesis Dread Knight when they came out. It was like, oh, it's a baby carrier. And and it's kind of true. I mean, I, I kind of get that. It's a baby Bjorn sort of thing. I, I kind of get that. But I didn't hate it. And I, I kind of like the Nemesis Dread Knight. But when it comes to uh, when it comes to this, this is a bridge too far. Some people didn't like the Centurions when they first came out. You know, the Space Marine inside a larger Space Marine suit. I never really had a problem with them. But some people hated them. Okay, you know, to each his own. This... Is just stupid, is what it is. Now, uh, my friend Derek actually did send me a picture of it's like, there, we fixed it. And what someone did is they kept the belt fed grenade launcher, missile launcher that this person's carrying. They took the two giant barrels of missiles on top of that off and put them on their, like, on their shoulder pads, like rocket launchers on either side of their head. And it looked infinitely better. It looked like a baby centurion. And it looked fine. There was nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Um, I don't know exactly whether it was a like a, a Photoshop or if it was an actual kit bash, but um, th these are just awful. Uh, don't buy them. If you buy them, then I'm going to mail you poop. So please email me, pimpcron at gmail.com. Let me know what your address is and sh uh, please attach the receipt of you buying these and you will have a return envelope sent to you full of wet, wet poop. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Cron. Hey everybody, it's Real Talk with the Pimp Cron, and I've been called many things in my life, 
But one of my favorite ones is the king of analogies. Who said that? Not sure. Did anybody ever call me that? Probably, but it was also probably in jest. The point is, it's that favorite time of day for you guys, where the pimp comes out of his hidey hole and tosses you a new commentary on something. But today, I'm going to sprinkle you with an analogy. Dating is like 40K. So in my experience, dating is a lot like 40K. Just just hear me out. This is going to sound weird, okay? You've got two opposing factions who are occupying the same area. And pretty much everyone starts out as allies of convenience, to use that old term from the allies matrix. You're just allies of convenience, okay? You're meeting someone somewhere or whatever. You're interested in them, but you're in the same place. You each have your secret objectives. One of you might be trying to score, while the other one just wants to play a fun narrative game. You know, nothing too serious, just for fun. You both come to the game with your own lists made up of all of your various personality units that were, let's be honest here, largely put together by your parents when they were raising you. Though life experience has probably made you swap out a unit or two for something that may be a bit more useful than what your parents originally loaded you up with, like when you don't know your opponent very well, you may want to keep your power from pain or your red thirst a secret until you know them better. <laughs> but when finding a mate to play the tournament of life with, it can really be a roll of the dice. Yeah, that's right. I just made that pun. It's like their list is one way on paper, but when you really get to know them better, you're like... I had no idea your grot had two power claws in that unit. You guys go on a couple missions together, and hopefully you score enough victory points that your opponent wants a rematch. You see where this is all going? Clever wordplay. Slowly, over the course of many missions, your force organizational charts start merging, and you don't hang out with your battle brothers as much as you used to. You hardly even hit the hive cities anymore for some Amasac. Am I right, guys? <laughs> All you want to do is join operations in the theater of love. I am loving this, just so you know. People can really surprise you, though. And the longer that you're with them, the more the cracks in their ceramite start to show. They might seem at first like they shall know no fear, am I right? But if you stay with them long enough, you'll eventually find their emotional rear armor. Some people seem like they're all battle-forged and orderly when you first start dating them. But after a while, you realize that they're, they are an icon of excess. You take a look at their apartment after they stop trying to impress you, and you're astonished. You have a plague fly colony in here. Ha ha ha. Insert comedy. That's commonly when you have rended their ego, and here comes the furious charge. They'll claim that you have been, they've been busy praising the Emperor and haven't had time to purge the unclean. And you are one to talk. You never look out, sir, when the laundry needs doing. They always have to take the hit. And the dedicated transport is 1,500 miles past due for an oil change. But you never take it to the Mechanicum. Your partner claims that their work has simply been chaos undivided lately. And you never help with the greater good of the household. You say that they haven't walked the squig in weeks and that your work has basically been mob rule for the last couple weeks. You claim that your partner is no savior of mankind, but often more like a scabby. 
This type of fighting goes on for what seems like a millennium, and it seems like there will be no peace, no respite, and there is only unending war. But no, this age of strife will eventually stop, and the two of you will unify your hearts under the codex of love. Relationships can be a tumultuous plane of existence, rife with warp storms, and sometimes even your demons get brought out. But ultimately, you will find the right person to found your chapter with, and soon enough, you might even hear the pitter-patter of little nurglings running around. So you see... Dating is more than just predators and howling banshees battling it out, and sometimes you'll lose a game or two. Sure, you'll run into your fair share of chimeras that change their form to be what they're not for a time, and some will even poison you or deal mortal wounds while others may just be too unwieldy. Not every player is worth playing, and even though you may feel bad when someone leaves your table, don't sweat it. There's always more devilfish in the sea. <laughs> That is so stupid. Here's a fun fact. In real life, I exclusively talk in metaphor. Most people don't know that. I actually have to go through and edit every single one of my monologues so that it's not so illusory, you know, so it actually makes sense. I hope some of the sage advice put in a way you can understand it will help you. Go forth and spread the gene seed, my brothers and sisters. Well, I, I had a lot of fun with this. I don't know why. I just, I love metaphor, and these are stupid puns. I just, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed it, because this was fun. Let me know at pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron. I'm also on Instagram at pimpcron, but only the first P, not the second P. It's pimpcron. And also, thank you to GameMat.eu for supporting the show and Panhandle3D.com, as well as my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling, juicy, succulent Patreon patrons. You can also be a Patreon patron and support the show. I'll see you next week, people.